Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content is for general information purposes only. Our pelvic floor plays a huge part in our overall health. And when I was looking at the wellness world, no one was talking about it. So it's kind of been my mission to get out there and talk about why it's so important and my own journey to say you're not alone because it affects a lot more people. You don't have to have children necessarily for it to affect you. It can be men, women, it can be children as well. So just knowing that the space of our body is important for our overall health is key. You're listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K, a podcast designed to empower, enlighten, and entertain with perspectives that most women are thinking, but not always saying. This is 50 Shades of K. Do you know what your pelvic floor is? And if you don't, well, listen up, because my eyes have been open to this whole new world of the pelvic floor, thanks to my friend Molly Summerhalder, who is my guest today on Fifty Shades of K. I know Molly from her PR background, and she sent me an email about a year ago or so saying that she's making a career move and she's focusing on the pelvic floor. And I immediately Googled, what the heck is the pelvic floor? And I have just been so enlightened with what Molly is doing and talking to so many of my girlfriends. This is a conversation that every person should have, not just women, because this affects men and women. I'd like to welcome to the podcast Molly Summerhalder, first time on Fifty Shades of K, definitely not her last, to talk about the pelvic floor. Thanks for being on with me today, Molly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share with everybody today. And you are very passionate about this. You're the founder of (laughs) Swan in the Lotus Yoga and Wellness in the Milwaukee area. She's a woman's embodiment coach and a yoga teacher. Molly, let's first get into, though, what is the pelvic floor? So the pelvic floor, if we think about it, it's a group of muscles that form like a sling or the floor at the base of our lower pelvis. So it's in between our hips. It's uh, made up of three layers of muscle and 13 different muscles. So there's really no bone structure down there that's holding up all the organs inside of there, which is our anus, our um, urethra, as well as our uterus, our bowels, bladder. It's all in there. It's all in there. It's all in there. It's all those muscles, right? And so those muscles have to be flexible and strong in order to function. And we know so many things along the way, if we don't take care of muscles, 
they weakened or they get tight, they can break, they can feel uncomfortable. And so the pelvic floor really needs to be supported because it also helps us not only physically create like a sling and hold everything in, it also helps us with the secretion of our body. So making sure that we're going to the bathroom correctly and not leaking or having an overactive bladder, um, also not having leakage from stool and our, from our rectum area. So that's key. And then for women specifically, it's really important for our uterus, our hormonal health as well to keep that whole area happy and healthy too. And that can also affect your mind as well. I mean, we're going to talk about that balance of like your, your mind and your body. Yeah. And we are going to focus this conversation with women, but it can affect men as well. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the pelvic floor, you have a personal story of, of how you kind of got into this. Can you touch on that for a second? Yeah. So I have a pelvic floor condition. I was basically born with it and I didn't really notice it until I hit puberty. But I have kind of like I had a misshapen hymen. And so for me, using things like tampons or having sex, like anything like that was extremely, extremely painful. I also had really tight pelvic floor muscles. So that meant like I had really intense periods, a lot of pain down there. It also contributed to my irritable bowel syndrome as well, which can be contributed to the pelvic floor. So all those things were working together and I was suffering for this for 15 years. And then I finally found a doctor who told me about PT. And then through my PT, I did dilation therapy, biofeedback therapy, working to strengthen those muscles as well as relax those muscles because they can be strong and weak at the same time. And through that process, I've always been into holistic wellness and then I've been a yoga teacher for almost 14 years, practicing yoga for 20 years and wellness as well. So I was finding as I took this path in my life through PSPT, I allowed myself the ability to take those practices and make it a whole experience for myself. And I found practices in yoga and my background to help me not only in my physical strength and my body, but then also the mindset to get through something like this. And then the spiritual component that lives in this area of our body is so huge. We're not even aware of it. It affects our mind. It affects our emotions. Being able to do that through my process of PT and through my own journey, I was starting to do yoga for women's health workshops and starting to explain all this stuff. And then I became a wellness coach a few years ago go. And through the pandemic and through all this life change, I was like, why am I not exploring this as a wellness? Because our pelvic floor plays a huge part in our overall health. And when I was looking at the wellness world, no one was talking about it. So it's kind of been my mission to get out there and talk about why it's so important and my own journey to say you're not alone because it affects a lot more people. It, you don't have to have children necessarily for it to affect you. It can be men, women, it can be children as well. So just knowing that the space of our body is important for our overall health is key. Well, and for you to talk about how this was affecting your life and your relationships, I mean, you mentioned that the, sex was painful. I mean, that definitely can affect a relationship if there's issues with the pelvic floor. And Molly, like I mentioned earlier on the podcast, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't even know the term the pelvic floor until you told me about this career change. And I have to say, though, look at you getting the word out. You have a PR background. And so you're knowledgeable of how to spread the word and get information out there to the masses. And now you have something so personal to share with people. It's almost like this was meant to be. Do you feel that way? 
Yeah, I definitely feel like I went through everything that I did for a purpose. And with the relationships, uh, yeah, it was difficult, and but it had to force me to have to find my self-worth in a very different way to realize that I'm still capable of having relationships. I'm still capable of my own sexuality and coming to terms with, yes, I have this issue, but it doesn't define who I am. Yeah, Which can be really hard to get through, but, and I'm still working through it. It's not like it, you snap your fingers and you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a lot of things. Well, let's get to the truth about the woman's pelvic floor. What are some of the symptoms that people could be experiencing? Well, there's two forms. There's a high-toned pelvic floor and the low-toned pelvic floor conditions. So high-toned pelvic floor um, dysfunction is usually painful, tense pelvic floor, overly intense, inflexible or spasming, unable to move or stretch with the daily activity, so you just feel really congested and tight. Low-tone pelvic floor is really where the muscles are weak. They quickly fatigue. There's lack of feeling and strength and stability, and there's decreased pelvic endurance. So there's many different conditions. A statistic that I like to share is that for, and this is for women specifically, that will experience a condition in their lifetime. So about 10% of women ages 20 to 39, 27% of women ages 40 to 59, and 37% of women ages 60 to 79, and nearly half of women ages 80 and older will have some kind of condition. So the main conditions that I pretty much share, but there's so many more, there's vaginal dryness or atrophy. That's usually more common after menopause or after any kind of hormonal imbalance with estrogen. Uh, urinary incontinence, that's where we have a little bit of the pee come out, and that's where people are used to, oh, that's the normal, right? It can also be uh, rectal incontinence where we have a little bit of our poop come out too. There's the pelvic floor organ prolapse. That means the bladder, the rectum, or the uterus can actually, those muscles become so weak and drop down that the organ actually pushes out. It can be caused not only from pregnancy, but it can also be caused if we're improperly coughing, sneezing, lifting, weight, and other things that we're not properly using our pelvic floor for, and those muscles can just protrude out and release. Um, And then there's overactive bladder as well. So those are the main ones. So what does bring this on? Because you mentioned some, some of this can be caused by childbirth, and I can remember just talking with friends of mine that they're like, oh, I I can't go for a run anymore. I've had three kids. Oh, there's no way I could do kickboxing. I've had I've had four kids. And and I kind of in my head, not knowing, again, what the pelvic floor was, I was just like, oh, maybe that's muscles are weak from having children. Well, I can say here at almost 40 years old, I've never physically been able to have a child, but I can definitely tell you that like the joke sort of is with like my husband if I have to go to the bathroom I have to go to the bathroom there is no time to wait anymore and there have definitely been moments where I've been in public and Molly I've pretended to have to tie my shoe or fix the bottom hem of my pants because I have to go so bad in that moment if I don't like clamp up I may have an accident in public and I just publicly put this out there on the podcast because it's something that I've noticed in the last couple of years. But like, why is that now? Have I done something wrong that that's now happening? The muscles just 
over time, if they're tight, they can get stressed, and then they can also get weak if they're not used. Like, think of, I always say, like, think of a muscle like your arms, right? Like, we lift weights. We constantly are working on the muscles we can see. It's the same with the pelvic floor. The longer that we deny ourselves the ability to work it, the longer that that muscle is just going to sink down. But, how, but how, how do you work it, though? Because... I have yeah. a very satisfied <laughs> relationship and marriage, and that's where I'm confused. I mean, how did this happen? So, what I mean, you're specifically talking about with yours is overactive bladder, just so we know what we're talking about. So, okay. urinary incontinence is where it's like you're jumping up and down and the pee just comes out. Overactive bladder is where you have this urge to really go, and you don't think you're going to find the bathroom, and all of a sudden it's on. And that that in itself is caused to um, kind of by that tightness and weakness I was talking about. So yes, like we can have this, like people are like, oh, I'm healthy, I have all this stuff. Well, the thing is, is it's not just those muscles or like that one opening, it's all the muscles that are in there. And those are actually connected to something called this long layer, our transverse abdominal muscles. It's the abdominal, abdominal wall that's like a girdle. Like you think of a corset mm-hmm. or a girdle that we talk about and that like pushes everything in. There's these long muscles underneath the six-pack that we see, and those muscles actually are connected to the pelvic floor, and they have to be strong too. So someone that has prolapse or incontinence, like prolapse, you can actually see a distinct bulge in some women or, or men. But generally what happens is that we're putting so much pressure from sitting all day or when we're working out, if we're not drawing up and like exhaling and like using that muscle when we're lifting weights or when we're doing squats or anything like that, those muscles just get so pushed down and so weak and so tight and constricted that they're no longer working in the way they need to. So it's really common for people to not even have symptoms or not even notice it, their pelvic floor, until later, like I mentioned, that that increases. And it doesn't have to be because of the fact that you had children. It can be, you know, those simple things that we're doing every day in life when we're coughing, drawing up, when we're laughing, drawing up, sinking down, um, because we're just causing those muscles to just be complacent and not work. This is awesome. I'm I'm just I'm hanging on to every word you're saying just listening to this. And I'm glad you clarified the difference between overactive bladder and urinary incontinence because yes, the overactive bladder is, is how I'm feeling. And I feel like too when you talk about abs and things like that, so back in March I donated a kidney and went through that mm-hmm. surgery and I had five incisions on my abdomen and I have a what they call a C-section scar right above my mm-hmm. pelvis. Since donating the kidney, I feel like the overactive bladder is Mm -hmm. almost worse. Is that connected to that because they went directly into my abs and I have such scar tissue by that big C-section scar? Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of scar tissue, but there's a, just a lot of traumatic experience in the physical body when we go through that. And so the body's still recovering, and they've had to open up those muscles. Those muscles are going to take time to come back. And there's um, the practice of yoga that I do. Actually, we from the beginning, I've always worked on because I have like lower back issues too. And we actually created this space to work those transverse abdominal muscles. So it's like really like this bondo work that we do in yoga like drawing everything in in and up and it's really helps too with better posture as well because a lot of us we sit down and we sink down we're not thinking about oh i have to lift in and up through my belly to draw my chest up and my shoulders back it, it, that's the center point of our body we really need to engage it so those transverse abdominal muscles those lower muscles especially for you 
and anybody that's had surgery down there become really weak because they've had to open up and they've spread them, so they have to come back. And they can, they're actually, with pregnancy, like those muscles separate, and so they have to come back together. And then with the scar tissue, too, like we really have to think about, okay, so there's all these connective tissues, too, right? And those are called our myofascial tissue. And there's actually myofascial workers out there, and there's something called yoga tune-up, too, where we actually can restructure the body and restructure those tissues to help you with posture, but then also get rid of that scar tissue. My mom has had two C-sections and a hysterectomy, and she's got a lot of scar tissue, and so she does myofascial tissue work. She goes to a practitioner. She does the yoga tune-up to help with that. But it's massaging that area, breaking that area down so things can move back to their original position, and then you can start strengthening those muscles, too. Well, that's really encouraging for women to hear talking about the C-section scars or surgery scars, in my case, that you can work out with some kind of massaging. How often should people be be doing that? I mean, I know there's videos online you're an expert in trying to work out the pelvic floor. Does it, is it a big financial investment for someone to try to work through some of these scars? No, I mean, I highly re- recommend the roll ball method. Jill Miller, it's part of the yoga tune-up. And there are these yoga therapy balls that you get. And so she's developed this to work with athletes to help with injury. And there's different size balls. She actually has one that works specifically for the lower pelvis. And what that does, it's kind of like foam rolling, but you can get in easier and you can do different movements and rolling. You can get her books because of everything. She's online, too. She has a lot of videos online to display those. And those balls are really inexpensive. I think, you know, the most is maybe $30 or things like that. But you can do those exercises for just a few minutes a day, and it will really help or every other day or a couple times a week, and it will really help just get things moving around. You don't want to overkill it either. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what if it's painful? On that big scar, in my case, the right side is a lot tighter and harder than the left side, and that one's a little more sensitive, so it sounds like it shouldn't be painful. Well, I mean, you want to wait, obviously, till you're fully healed. I don't want to ever say, like, you know, we want to wait till you're fully healed. For you sure. Know, that can take six to 12 weeks, depending on where you are. But then once you feel healed, then, yeah, I mean, it's, anytime you use these balls, I'm just going to tell you, in places that are really tight, because you can use them in your hips. Like, the nice thing is, and not just for here, you can use them all over. You're going to feel it. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is tissue muscle that you're like, because we think about cellulite and all that stuff, that's all that muscle and the, the, um, the tissue. Those are your connective tissues, like, just bound together. And so they're binding together, and they have to start to move. And so it's really, it's really intense. She shows different ways that you can kind of, like, back off. So you start out slow, start out doing just a little bit of it. And then do more of it. Like, don't just go fully in. It's mm. the same with, you know, anytime you exercise, right? You don't want to just go fully in. You have to allow yourself to create it a routine. So adding into your schedule, like, oh, I'm just going to watch TV. I'm just going to roll for a little bit. We were in a hotel room at a conference, and it was also funny. We were all like, okay, let's just get the therapy balls out. <laughs> we're all rolling <laughs> as women, you know, together with my friend. Um, so, like, you just have to make it part of your routine. And then once you do you'll really notice the difference. But that's the key with um, any kind of scar tissue is getting that tissue. Or, again, you don't even have to use a therapy ball. It's just looking at how do you massage out there on those videos, and then they 
then you can do that too. Um, but just doing that frequently, the more frequently that you put that in your schedule, the sooner you'll see um, that will help you. Another one that people I've heard have helped is castor oil packs. A lot of people use these after birth and recovery and adhesion. So the castor oil is a well-known vegetable oil. And so you like warm it up and create this like pack that you can put on. Um, some people it's really intense or like because the smell of it, they don't like to do it. But that really helps with the pain and inflammation as well. Great information. And I'm thinking, too, as you're talking about how important the pelvic floor is, so many of us are really aware of what we're eating when it comes to our diet and people trying to get exercise in. And You know to get seven, eight hours of sleep every night. Would you say this is just as important? Oh, definitely. I mean, I even your mental really health. Important. It's all very important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because when we talk about the gut health connection, like people think about our gut, like what we put in. And then we're hearing this more about the brain and the gut connection. That brain-gut connection actually lives in our lower intestines and in our intestinal area, which is linked to our pelvic floor, right? Our secretion of our body, we have to know what it looks like, how frequently, because we know that there's cancers that can happen down in this area. If we're imbalanced, um, we can have issues like diarrhea or constipation that can feel really uncomfortable. Constipation actually can lead to urinary incontinence. We might not even think of that, but it's putting pressure and on those things and it's causing the bladder pressure. So we really have to look at that area too. And in that area, in our lower intestines, all our serotonin lives. So like 90 to 95% of our serotonin lives in our lower gut tract. And if that is having issues like IBS, allergies, Crohn's, anything like that is linked to not only imbalances in the gut, flora, and health, it's also linked to the stresses that we have in our mind. And so when we're imbalanced, the serotonin leaves, that helps us sleep, it helps us be happy, it helps us function, it helps us um, not have brain fog, like it's the one thing that we need. And when we have too much cortisol, when we're too stressed out, when we're producing too much, we lose that. And so that's why we have trouble sleeping, we make different food choices. And so we really want to make sure that we're balancing all that down there. And it also can lead to depression, anxiety, all that stuff. Women who actually have a tight pelvic floor dysfunction like me are more prone to postpartum depression after having children because everything is congested down there. So this is something to be aware of is that your mental health is not just up in your brain. It's also linked to how you're taking care of the rest of your body and especially the lower part of your gut. Yeah. Now let's get to some of the questions that I had sent to me through Facebook here. And we're going to keep everybody anonymous. There is one question here from a mixed listener that said she has just had baby number two and she feels that it's harder to keep her urine in when she sneezes. And she says she hates Kegels. Anything else she can do to strengthen the muscles down there? I mean, I highly recommend seeing a pelvic floor PT, physical therapist. I also have a, in my program that I offer, I work with a local PT, Megan Rohrbeck, and she just wrote a book, actually that's called Between the Hips, and it's the Practical Guide for Women. I highly recommend that book. It actually talks about these things more in depth and from her experience and what she's seen working with people of all ages. And so I highly recommend talking to your doctor, letting them know, because PT is a great way to start. They'll also give you how to move forward because as they do the intake, it might be something else that happened during the C-sections and the surgery and the recovery and all that kind of stuff, more so than just the fact that pee is coming out. 
Okay, great. And I am taking notes here, and I will add it to the notes section on our website, 991themix.com. But the book is called Between the Hips. Let's stay in the baby arena here with the next question from another listener who also had a baby. And she wrote here, she's dealing with a vaginal dryness and wondering when will that get back to normal after having had a baby? So what happens when we have a baby is our hormones get all kinds of crazy. Um, So (laughs) usually what happens with dryness, estrogen is like the ooey-gooey hormone that gives us that uh, lubrication and makes us have that kind of juicier feeling. And so when that's depleted, it's more common after during menopause. Right. So when we lose estrogen and menopause, we go from, you know, having the hormones to be able to have them for us and the baby, we're just depleted back to just for us. And so that transition can be really hard on the body and it can change where the estrogen is coming from. Same with having a baby. So some things that you can do to kind of bring that back, you can talk to your doctor. Estrogen creams are pretty expensive, but you can, I know some people have gotten like a compound and then they just break that compound and put it in with a lubricant and then you rub that actually externally. So that can bring back the lubrication and you don't have to actually take internally estrogen because some people are leery of that. We know with the birth control pill and all that stuff, it can lead to other cancers or just having too much estrogen is not good for us. So topically, it allows it to come into the system, but it doesn't go fully into the system. And it live, and you don't have to do it very long because estrogen lives in our fat cells. And so over time, they kind of go into our fat cells and then it will re-lubricate again. And then if you don't want to go the hormone route, another thing is there's a massage you can do with actually a lubrication with that's water-based. So there's silicone-based lubes and then there's water-based. Water-based are really good for rehydrating and dryness, and you put that on at night. Some women use coconut oil or olive oil. I recommend getting a water-based lubricant, but you put that on overnight, and that can help bring things back in that moisture if you know that your estrogen levels aren't the issue. And then, you know, for actual sexual penetration, the silicone base is a nice one for that because it helps with the friction. Great suggestions. Another question we have here, and you are also a yoga coach besides being a woman's Mm -hmm. embodiment coach. This is coming from a woman who said, what advice do you have for someone who's very hard on herself when it comes to body positivity and restarting exercise and feeling slow and frustrated at first. The woman goes on to say that she focuses so much on what she can't do that she's mad most of the time when she's at the gym. Mm-hmm. So for me, what what I suggest and always tell people in my classes is that, like, this is your body, and you do you have to listen to it. And that's a huge part of the yoga practice and what I teach in the yoga world is that, it's not just the physical, it's the mindset. And so we really have to work on not only the physical aspect of like going to the gym and and doing the physical work, but it's the mindset that leads us to go to the gym, to get over those thoughts, to get over those feelings that we're not comfortable in our body or there's something wrong with our body. And when we look at this space specifically, like getting connected, you know, looking at this space and listening to it, there's a lot of empowerment into that. And then once you start realizing, okay, I am worthy to have this beautiful life and this beautiful body, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. 
I mean, I, I'm guilty of being really hard on my body because I don't have the perfect figure. Um, but I do move my body every day and I take care of my body. And that's more important. I feel healthier now than I ever have because I can finally eat and not be sick all the time. Cause when I'm stressed out, I get sick. So I feel like we have to really listen to our body and that's the first step. And then really understanding what is the mindset behind this? What stories have I told myself or have I been told that's telling me that I'm not capable of this? And then moving from there to say, you know what? That transition comes into, yes, I am worthy of this. I'm capable of this. And then it's like, who cares what anybody thinks? I'm going to go work out because I enjoy it and I'm doing it for myself. And I think that's what we have a lot in the workout world is that we have, we're doing this for the physical thing, like to have our body look a certain way. And we forget that we're meant to enjoy it. So if like going to the gym and working really hard is not your thing, that's okay. Go outside for a walk, go to yoga practice, you know, go to find, training. find something that you, yeah. you will find some happiness and fulfillment in. Yeah. That's the key. I really enjoy hearing what you're talking about when it just comes to like, what are you, what, where, what are you saying to yourself? I had a friend who mentioned how negative talk to ourselves can be so hurtful over time. And to picture negative thoughts as a person standing next to you, saying it to you. If that person was saying this stuff to you, you wouldn't have that person in your life. So if it's you saying the negative thoughts to yourself, it's time to work to eliminate that. And as cheesy as it sounds, I think about (laughs) that SNL character back in the day. They used to look in the mirror, remember, and saying you're good enough, you're smart enough. Like, just if you start saying that to yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, maybe if you don't want to see yourself in the mirror, doing that and having that cassette tape play over and over in your head will start to become a habit. And hopefully that will then hopefully start to eliminate some of those negative thoughts. And I I do think, too, at the gym, specifically at the gym, Don't even bother comparing to anyone because you have Mm -hmm. no idea where someone is at on their fitness journey. You may see someone and think, oh, maybe they're a little out of shape. For all you know, they've lost 150 pounds. They may may be feeling like they're winning it at life. You may see someone who's totally shredded and got it all together. Maybe physically, maybe mentally they don't. I mean, everyone is on their own journey here. Mm -hmm. So it's just important to get your music on, focus on yourself. Just get everybody yep. else out, out of your head because it's just going to cloud you from making your own progress. Well, and the thing to remember, too, you know, there's a lot of, like, self-affirmation and self-positivity. And what I also like to remind people of is that if you are feeling negative about yourself or you are feeling these emotions, that's okay, too. Because they have honor in our life and they have honor in our, our grieving, especially right now coming out of where we've been in this last year. Like, we're grieving and we're healing. And that's part of the healing journey is allowing yourself to feel these emotions and not just pushing them away or allowing them to take over. Like, emotional intelligence is honoring these emotions. And so something is diving you deep into that emotion. Some, something, somewhere, someone said something or you said something about yourself or you had an experience that your body is still holding on to there's 
there's a whole thing about the body keeps the score. There's a whole study about this, that, you know, the pain that we have in our body lives or the pain that we experience lives in our body. And so we have to really understand, like, maybe I need to go, you know, this is something that I need to see a therapist with, or I need a coach to coach me through and understand what my subconscious, this deep level is telling me, because we can be like, oh, I have all the affirmations in the world. And we start out and we go to the gym and we're feeling good. And then we always hit, I always call them their setbacks and our roadblocks. We, we know that they happen. Like all of a sudden something hits and then you just say, I'm done. I'm not doing this or you don't know how to get out of a funk. And those are the things that are just subconsciously living inside of ourselves that we have to deal with in order to grow and in order to fully come to our potential and continue to move forward. What do you do on days or those moments where maybe you hit a roadblock or you're feeling like you're having some negative thoughts? I mean, we all have them. What What are some things that have worked for you? So for me, I, well, I see a therapist regularly. Or Heck like yeah, a, that's so important. <laughs> Everybody could benefit from seeing a therapist. And I also have a friend who is a psychotherapist and a yoga teacher, and he, him and I, I had a very spiritual journey with him when I went visit him a couple of years ago. So he gave me a lot of tools and just a whole new way of looking at life and perspective. But I also, I think what I mostly do is that I honor it. I don't try to push it away. I don't try to, like, change it. I just listen in and say, what is going on here, right? Like, what is really setting me back? Mm -hmm. Is it because I don't feel worthy? Is it because I've been told something? Or, you know, or I come to my practice. I'm a huge component of having some kind of spiritual practice in this world because it's hard. And we have to learn to, like, trust and accept it. One of the hardest things I ever had to learn was accept and surrender. That was one thing my friend told me. It was like, accept and surrender. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, it's the easiest thing and the hardest thing you're ever going to do. And when I finally just sometimes I just say, I'm accepting and surrendering here. I'm giving up this, this need, this ego power that I have inside of myself to fix it or control it because control is an illusion. I just need to let this go. And I need to just be okay with where I'm at right now and know that this is where I'm at. And that doesn't mean it's going to be tomorrow, but this is where I'm at. I also heard, forgetting her name, but she wrote the book Untamed, I think it's called. But she also said, like, at the end of the day, she just says, I quit. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, like, sometimes it's just saying, like, I quit for the day. Like, I, I did everything I could, but you know what? I just, need, I just need to let it go. I can't let the mind take over. I can't let these thoughts consume me anymore. Sometimes I just have to let it go and just be at peace with where I'm at right now. Well, you mentioned Untamed. I'm a huge fan of her. It's Glennon Doyle. Yes. A great follow, by the way, on Instagram. Accept mm -hmm. and surrender. That's beautiful. And it's something that we probably all could benefit from doing a little more of. I mean, I'm hearing you say it, even I'm thinking what a freeing feeling that is mm -hmm. to just, yeah. just accept and, and surrender. I, I love that. Thank you so much, so much, Molly, for being on with me today. If people want more information or they want to work with you, the best way to get a hold of you is at your, your website, which is slwellness.info. Yep. And they can follow me. I was going to say, you can follow me on Facebook at Swan the Lotus Yoga and Wellness or at Instagram. I'm on swan underscore in underscore the underscore Lotus. And I know how you're so passionate about this <laughs> and I can hear it in your voice. We definitely have more to talk about. I mean, as we're having these conversations, more things are coming to mind. I know that you talk a lot about even when it comes to, you know, sexual health and orgasm. Mm -hmm. We could do a whole podcast on that. We should do that. <laughs> we should do that next.
Yes, definitely. I think it's such a taboo topic. And I think people are like, what, you're talking about this? And even my friend Megan, who wrote the book, too, she talks about it, too. And it's like, it's good for everything. Like, if you're feeling just down and out, have a good orgasm. It'll help you. (laughs) It'll help you. (laughs) Well, thank you, Molly, for being on Fifty Shades of K. I love one of your quotes that you have. A healthy soul is a whole soul. And it is Mm -hmm. important not only to take care of your diet and your physical health and your mental health, but the pelvic floor, which clearly affects so many other parts of the body as we learn from this conversation today. Thank you for chatting with me. We will talk again soon. And I can't wait to learn more as I follow you on social media. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been the Fifty Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 